Footy Prime the Podcast is brought to you by Tony Bet, official sponsor of the CPL and presenting sponsor of Canada's unofficial voice of footy. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oi. The boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty booty. It's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty booty. It's time to get this party started tonight. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime. Your almost daily footy fix. We started off Friday's podcast talking about uh, will will Jesus make an appearance? And well, here we are on Monday, still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's not the end of the world, though, right, Craig? No. That's a good thing. That's a, that's that's the good thing. I don't think he'd be the type to be the first one at the party either. He seemed like the guy that shows up a little bit late, you know, just sauntering with his his entourage. Yeah, all those yeah. fashionable cycles. Yeah, he'd be, I think he'd also have a big bag of grass with him nowadays. Mm. Maybe he'd a brand new right. pair of sandals on. Oh, yeah. Jesus would be a pot smoker. Mm. There is a great, great book by a guy called James Frey, and I forget what it's called. It's about this guy who, who apparently is the is is JC making an appearance again, and but it's in pop culture, and he's got tons of demons. It's brilliant. I've got to find the name of it now. It's such well, a good read. Mary Magdalene, right? She was a player, right? Like she got around. Yeah, that was she? that was his his go to, and she was working the <laughs> the roads, the rural roads. <laughs> uh, imagine those roads back in that day. Oh, jeez. Yeah, no kidding. well kept up, were they? A few potholes. I think he only lived to like thirty two back then, too. <laughs> Oh, like God. we'd be old wise men. Can you imagine us as the old wise men in the village? Oh. <laughs> I'd have my donkey all souped up. It'd be a small <laughs> Keep talking. I'm trying to find this right now. I can't for the life of me remember the name of it. 
Keep talking. All right. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Oh, keep talking about um, <laughs> your weekends. Uh, oh, the Final Testament. Mm. It's cool. I've heard of that. I've heard of it. Yeah, I really recommend it. It's like, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty raw at times, and so was he. I think. If I yeah, correctly. wasn't he the guy who? Uh... Yeah, I remember. You know, he, he was a guy. So James Frey was a guy who was an Oprah. Yes, um, this, million this, little pieces guy. That's yeah. right. And it turns out it wasn't actually completely true. But he wrote an autobiography about himself. Yeah. But he wrote an auto. He was a good, really good writer, but wrote an autobiography. Sorry, autobiographical <laughs> narrative about himself. And then uh, it was was on Oprah as one of her best books. Mm-hmm. And about six months later, someone called shit on it, <laughs> and none of it was true. <laughs> so regardless had, uh, it's, it's great fiction yeah. in that case it's well worth a read all these books he, he's brilliant anyway we'll do our uh book review podcast some other time i know Wonga and i read books i'm not sure about the other guys <laughs> i don't read a lot <laughs> jc does yeah read it jc honestly i've never finished a novel never, never finished, finished one never finished like, like, you mean writing or reading either. I started one this morning. Um, it's called Final Testament. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's about my life as a um, whatever it is I do. And it's but it's all autobiographical and all true. And I am planning to be on uh, television with promoting it very soon. Well, we know what it's about. It's all about uh, your constant back and forth across the border, and how that all happened to you. All those, all those stories. Yes, autobiographical. Could could you uh, say that again, but slower, so I can (laughs) just remember it as I write autobiographical (laughs) stories of going back and forth across the border. Jimmy was just literally showing us books to prove that he has books. Jimmy reads. I know Jimmy reads. I do read. One of my favorites. How not to be a professional footballer Paul by Paul Merson. Merson. I've heard that's a good one, actually. What a book that. that is. It's amazing. I was done in a couple of days. It is it like for, for someone like yourself, like ex-footballers, does it really resonate? You, you get it? Oh, yeah. The temptations and all that where he didn't care. He just went straight for it. And what a party <laughs> he had. Oh, yeah. my God. I love a good so The Arsenal player. boys were big. Big partiers. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. That's before Arsene Wenger showed up, right? Then Arsene showed up and kind of ruined it for them all. Yeah. But they won a championship. <laughs> so, hey, <laughs> good team that once. Arsenal won, as they were known, because they always won 1-0. <laughs> yeah. The Invincibles. The Invincibles, yeah. Well, listen, they didn't look too invincible yesterday, did they? What a segue. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Liverpool 2, Arsenal 2. Great match. Uh, you know, it's one of the matches of the season for sure. I'll go as far as saying it might be a classic. I'm not sure, you know, when a, when a great match becomes a classic. I might use the word classic too often, I think. But that was a, a great, great match. And it, maybe it's because my team was so awful for the first half an hour down two. Now I thought, what are they doing? Then they switched it on. Could have won that game as well, Craig, you know. Mo with I'm the surprised you didn't switch it off. Came close. But Did I just you? can't do it. Two nil. Most dangerous score in sports, Craig. I was hanging on to that. Yeah. Are they going to take yeah. Mo off Mo Salah penalties? They're going to have to, aren't they? It's too straight, isn't it? Mm. He's missing the target, for Christ's sake. He- Can I tell you the truth? Actually, this is a um, dark, dark secret that I didn't think I'd 
acknowledge. I found out that Mo missed a penalty this morning because my feed went down for about five minutes. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. You okay. turned it off. You turned it I off. I did not turn it off. It was the 54th minute. And it was looking good at that point. I, I, my feed and my, my half illegal stream went down for like five minutes. Then I turned it back on, still 2-1. I assumed nothing can happen. They hadn't, the commentators at that point weren't talking about it. And then this morning, I'm just going over a quick match report, and I see a headline, Salah to be taken off penalties. Like, what, what, why? <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. He missed a penalty. I had no idea. <laughs> you actually wrote uh, at 12.01 yesterday, this well, this is fucking shite. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we've got we've got your unbelieving, and then you're turning it into a classic. Yeah, it's like uh, my like the new the final testament. <laughs> By the end of it, you believe. Um, okay, where do we start with this? I mean, okay, Craig, Aaron Ramsdale late in that match, those two saves, especially the one at the very very end in Canate, was absolutely like a worldy, great yeah. saves. Yeah. He kept that team. Arsenal, I mean, I've seen this asked of all the players post-match. Was it two points lost or, or a point gained? What do you think? Ooh. I think in the end, it's a good point. It's a difficult place to go. Yeah, they started 2-0 up, but still, Liverpool aren't going to go down easily. So, yeah, it, it's not what they needed. It's certainly what, what they wanted, but they'll take it. And it's going to make this race uh, right to the final here final game very very close i think you the bookies have got man city favorite now are they really favorites yeah they probably are i mean what is it six points they've got a game in hand and they're playing arsenal at city yeah (sighs) watch out and uh arsenal have a pretty difficult they do games still where's the uh you guys always talk about the goal differential where's that stand right now obviously Man City like, has that favorite. So yeah, I was going to yeah. say because Holland is scoring enough goals for the league, so yeah, <laughs> they really got is. that covered. What a classic! Yeah. He's yeah. talk about classic. What a goal that was, by the way. Oh, what the a bicycle. goal! The guy's like limbs are everywhere. Like he's <laughs> like fucking Inspector Gadget, and the, the ball put in by Grealish was just perfect too. It was like I don't know how he can cross a ball so close to somebody and get some height on it with. You know, and running with the ball, it was absolutely brilliant. So it wasn't going with the same pace say, as Rooney's overhead kick against mm-hmm. Man City back in the day. Uh, although that did take a deflection, took a little pace off it because that that's a big, big factor as far as connections goes. So the ball wasn't traveling all that quickly, but the guy's just a natural goal scorer. But it was something else. What a- even Pep said about that goal. I mean, he said, you know, when he saw it, he couldn't believe it went in, and he he said, Jimmy. Peps, he, he said, Harlan's as good as Messi in front of goal. And of course, that makes the whole football world come crumbling down. Well, he's as good as Messi. That's not what he said. As yeah, good I mean, as Messi in front of goal. Very different players. I mean, you couldn't get two more different forwards, could you? Than no, Messi they're, compl- they're completely different. But the thing is, wow. both are clinical in, in and around that box. And that's what he's saying. You know, he, can, he needs half a yard, half a chance, and he's scoring. That's what that's a comparable. It's not the way that they play. It's just how clinical they are in that box. I mean, everything. That's a great word too, Jimmy. Uh, clinical. Yeah, to describe that because it there's everything about thoughtful, the two players are strategic. Different. Yeah, knowledgeable, all wrapped into that word. Sterile. Yeah, talented. 
acumen, all these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 44 in the season in all comps, 30 in the Premier League. Remember when we were talking about Woolly hit 60 in the Premier League? <laughs> not in the Premier League. All, all over, was it overall? Okay, was yeah, it? We're all not right. that crazy. No. <laughs> I, said, I said 40 alone in the league. Jimmy said Jimmy he, said he was going to get six. 15 Jimmy said he was going to have six for the entire season. Yeah, but what I meant was he'd get 15 in the first six games. Uh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about Arsenal. Here's Arsenal's next six games. They have West Ham. That's uh, uh, at Hammers. Then they're away to Man City. Then they're away. Oh, sorry. Let me get this right. West Ham. Then they're at home to Southampton. Then away to City. Yeah. Then they have Chelsea at home. Not easy. Newcastle away. <laughs> and then Brighton at home. These are good sides they're playing against. City's run seems to be a little bit easier. It's way easier. Yeah, they got a lot of the teams down in the bottom fighting relegation. Mm-hmm. But they also have the Champions League. Yeah, they got Bayern. Bayern. What's, what's a tougher game yeah, right now? Is it the playing the mid-table who are better? Or is it playing the relegation guys who are all in trouble trying to build up to make sure they're not in that space. Cause I would, I would argue it's almost if you're like my teams for better or worse is now Brentford. They're sitting in the middle. Does it make a difference if they win or not? Liverpool's almost, yeah, they're a great side and they've got history and legacy, but they're a mid table team. What about yeah. these guys? Like, like West Ham, West mm-hmm. Ham needs to keep above the fray of that. Those three teams about relegation. Where does that stand? Like, what's worst game for you? Now, that's a good question. Uh, who would you prefer to play? Somebody mid-table or somebody battling at the bottom? Yeah. Well, there's a reason why the teams are at the bottom. Um, you know, poor, can't finish. I mean, West Ham got a result against Fulham. It was massive for them. But I think if Mitrovic is playing, I think West Ham lose that. They only had like 26% possession. Not that that's everything. But West Ham were lucky, lucky. They defended really well, picked up three points. But then on the other hand, you look at Jimmy's Nottingham Forest and they're not, yeah. uh, they're not getting any luck at the moment. And they, they need a break. They got to get a result at home and fast. Yeah. I think, Dan, the, the other thing is, too, to, coming towards the end of the season, when you're playing the middle, middle table in the top half, you know, they're, tactically, the way that they play is, is very, very similar, right, throughout the season. Whereas... Whereas the relegation teams now, it is absolutely survival mode for them. So they can't afford to play out the back. They can't afford to make mistakes. They'll try to get the ball as quick as uh, forward as quick as possible. Last 15 minutes in a match, too, they'll, they're doing whatever they can to get the ball in the box because you know, their, their game will change drastically and, and tactics will more or less go out the window at some point, you know, towards the end of the season. So it, it does tend to be difficult playing those those relegation teams. And I remember even when I when we got relegated, you know, our last few games when you're fighting for survival, it was just get the ball forward, no nonsense defending, clear your lines, you know, the keepers just getting it up as quick as possible because you need you need the points. Now, if you're a man city and your top half teams playing the relegation teams, if you can get one, two goals early, then normally that's the, the relegation teams will cave in because they'll be going, fuck, here we go. We'll just concede again. We're going to lose another one. And But if you let them in a game, it's, an, it's a disaster. It's mm-hmm. tough to I play. Think, I think overall, though, Man City and teams like that, 
even Arsenal, this one, they're not worried about anybody lower from midway down. They're yeah. that confident, mm. maybe overconfident, but they're, they're certainly confident that they're not, they're not too, too worried about who they're playing against is what they're going to do to them as opposed to what the other team is going to do to themselves. I will say that was a brilliant question, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's maybe your best question you've ever had. And you know what? I'm, I'm confident at this point, Wonga, that, that if I can't do a podcast, I'm happy to give you the keys to the pod. I really am. At this point, I think that's proven to me that you can handle these hosting duties. Oh, well. From, from, uh, from one question? Yeah. From one question. No, it's been so, built. You're, no, you're, 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 you're going to give him the keys. I've been paying close attention to Wonga's questions in the recent weeks. Yeah, we've done 3,000 shows, and he's come up with like, all of a sudden. <laughs> Especially, waters. which mascot would you like to bang? <laughs> that's, okay, maybe that's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> 300 shows and after one oh, question Harry the Hammer yeah. boy here's the keys <laughs> uh, what do you make of this uh, linesman elbowing Andy Robinson Robertson did you uh, see yeah. this it's uh, the, the referees association whatever you call that thing um, they're going to investigate it looked pretty clear that, that whatever Robbo was saying to him pissed him off he turned around, and this guy's built like a brick shithouse, by the way. Do you see this linesman? Holy crap, he is jacked. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he turns around, just like gets him right in the throat. <laughs> and Robbo starts whining, hey, he got me, he just elbowed me in the throat. Now, Robbo's also right in his face. Yeah. And he does this a lot, Andy Robertson. Yeah, um, everybody and everybody in England, they're like, oh, this is unprecedented. It's like, well, hold on a minute. Last week, a, a referee need a guy in the Mexican league in the nuts. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, he got 11 game ban. Yeah. yeah. So, so they got to get time. They're taking back control of these referees. They're saying, listen, you can, you can get in my face all you want, but I might nut you. Mm, <laughs> I might yeah. break your nose. But if you did a comparison from the like seventies, eighties refs to the refs now in 40 years, the transition for these guys, they're all jacked now. Like a lot of them are in the great, NBA like guys across, are freaking so across the board. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, you know, they've got to be too, right? They got to be able to keep up with the game. But yeah. look, if if you're an official, right, and you're looking, going, okay, if I need a guy in the balls, I'll get eleven games. If I chuck a little elbow, I might get three or four. <laughs> and there's a player that's been pissing me off for years. I'm gonna fucking give him one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who, who, it, right? who, who would be that player that you would just drop a little elbow right in the right in the, the best jaw. Jimmy would have been if they actually went to VAR and they had to decide whether the referee linesman <laughs> assistant yeah. and then they walk over and they, they, they throw them right and send them off. That would be awkward, wouldn't it? Just leave your flag on the sideline, yeah. please. <laughs> I think well, it I goes think... back to our once a, once a season. You're allowed to you're allowed to slap someone in the face or throw an elbow for a yeah. what, one, what, one, play, yeah. what player would it be? Mm. Good one. Oof. Who would it be? Well, who would it do you tell me, Jimmy? Greg? Is it one that. player that but you I, I mean Wonga would definitely pick Phil Foden? I was gonna say it was gonna be Phil Foden and his stupid haircut. <laughs> Not that I dislike the guy, but Jack Grealish, after him ripping the ass out of somebody all day long with that smile on his face and, and his little cute little hairdo, I would <laughs> I would, yeah, I would I'd be he'd piss me off. Even I don't I don't dislike the guy, but he, he's so freaking good. You're, you're trying to get the ball off him all day, clipping his ankles, going down, smiling yeah. at you. Fuck the, off, Jack. The tight the tight shorts too, right? <laughs> yeah. I think I think I think I would take one for uh for the team with Grealish for sure. I'd take a couple of games. <laughs> 
Imagine if we were both doing it. We both went after him. <laughs> <laughs> the I, think is, he, I think he'd be a good lad in the dressing room. I think he'd be a yeah. really good teammate. He seems like a good yeah. guy in general. I mean, this, he does. This, those viral he videos does. go out with fans. He's really good, and he's come into his own this season. He's playing brilliant yeah. football right now. But speaking of a guy like he has improved, but even more than that, he's huge. He's a big guy. He's well, like a he's big thick. dude. Yeah. He's thick, huge legs, upper he's, body strong. And I'm just got like, a great footballer's physique. Doesn't yeah, he? like, he's strong. He's, lower half. he's got it all. Like, mm-hmm. and then, then he's a good looking guy with those sponsorships. Fucking up, Wonger. You got a poster of him up on your phone. I do. Oh, I, I do. Down, gonna, Somebody's a cold shower, don't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hate Bill Foden. I love Jack's doing the whole spectrum. We got him. I got him elbowing. I'm going to elbow him in the throat. Yeah. Yep. And then on the other hand, we, we're we going to have pictures behind Wonger. I'll, I'll do some Asian yeah. massage for Phil Foden. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry for her. <laughs> well, for yeah. you, just a massage. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll work. I well, am we, in my bedroom. If we let him keep going there, you would have been like, and even his eyes, his eyes are beautiful, lovely his colors. Bl- his blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think I would pick, it'll be a United player. I think Bruno Fernandes is someone I'd love to elbow in the throat. Oh, no. You know what? I'm going to change it. The Man United winger. Sancho? Anthony. Oh, oh good one. He'd drop pretty quickly too, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to take my suspension for. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. He he dropped quickly. I mean, he's such a showboater, right. isn't he? Nuts. You're yeah. just agreeing with everybody. Speaking of dropping quickly, who would you do? Yeah. No, I said Bruno Fernandez. Oh, Bruno. Okay. Look in his face. He's got Harry, that kind of ratty Harry little look in his down. face that you know. I think he's always like whining about something. Great player. Don't get me wrong. Jimmy hates Anthony because he's a right winger though, and Jimmy was a left back mm. for much of his career. And that Craig, you have to you have to th- you have to elbow a pl- a keeper. What keeper drives you nuts? No, he can't do that. It's a union. No, I don't care. That's the break the union, the union code. <laughs> it's the union breaker. Yeah. Strike breaker, Craig Forrest, right now. No, Which yeah. keeper no drives you nuts? Ah, oh, you're such a. No, well, part of the to be one. Yeah. Okay, then who's. Well, how, um... I always never understood that in the NHL. The goaltenders are fighting occasionally, and it's like, well, so how did they actually piss each other off? <laughs> yeah, they're just no fighting kidding. for the sake of fighting yeah. yeah opposite ends of the rink yeah that's a long way to go though isn't it like you know when they have those big line brawls and you know you got 10 guys all that equipment goalkeepers just stand there probably look at the other sweet fancy it yeah i'll meet you halfway <laughs> craig would jump on a bus like you did in trading <laughs> or was that danny remember they were doing the run around and Danny or someone jumped on a bus, took them around. The, and they, Who was Craig, that? Is it, didn't you do that? You that made well, me like it. We did uh, have a session when the, the players, we were all going to go to this park and run like 10 miles. And then Les Seeley, the goalkeeper coach, said, well, Harry, we're going to go to another park and we're going to, because it's got hills, and I'm going to take these, I'm going to run these guys to death up these hills. We're going to do hill climbs. More specific, better for goalkeeping training. <clears throat> so off they went. We jumped in Les's car. Had all we had Shaq in there, Bywater. Uh, who else was in there? How big was this car? David James. There was five of us in there. These are no, the, like five goalkeepers in a freaking car. It's like yeah. a clown car, you know. And they yeah. keep coming yeah. out. This- <laughs> all, all Everybody six, was five and over. <laughs> yeah. How do they fit in? 
And I used to always bug the guys, and especially the English guys. I'd be like, why is there so much garbage on the streets? There's fucking garbage. You go around roundabouts in London and there's, it's just filth. Somebody pick this shit up and stop littering. And they're like, oh, what do you mean? You can't litter in Canada? I was like, what do you mean you can't litter? <laughs> and they're like, well, they, they say it's all land of the free over there. And it's like, you can't litter. And it's like, you guys are fucked in the head. <laughs> you just want me to throw this coke can out so anyway they they call me swampy the old the guy under the bridge and uh anyway bywater was showing me these new shoes he bought and we're driving along <laughs> and he's like oh i know you won't throw them out the window so no worry about that because you don't litter so anyway out went one of his shoes so we showed up <laughs> we showed up at the at the game and he's got one shoe on, and Harry's like, "What the fuck is wrong? Where's your shoe?" He's like, "Fucking, he should." Stacks threw it out the window, and let and, and he told Les, "Les, okay, turn around, go get it." Les is like, "Nope, not doing it." <laughs> so it was somewhere. It was somewhere down on the south coast, in a in a farm, like in a hedge. Sorry, come here, re- re- rewind here. Who's Swampy? Swampy was like a cartoon character, sort of a. A mole that lived under a bridge, and he was like, he lived like he was very green, lived off the land. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so they call me Swampy. Oh, they call you Swampy. Yeah, they call me this. Yeah, this. Oh, troll. you should never. You should not have told us that, Swampy. Yeah, you should not have told us that. Stacks. That was a nice nickname for a while, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we have a new one. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, with Les, Les, we went the opposite way to the team to do these hill climbs, and we were actually thinking, "Oh my god, this is going to be a tough session." And and for the most part, they really were. But he was like, "You know what, lads? I saw this little cafe, mobile cafe. You know, they get these things all over the work sites and stuff like that, Jimmy." Yeah. In England. He goes, "It looks really good. We're going to go there." So we ended up in this little hut, cafe, coffee place workmen everywhere sitting there in our West Ham training gear with all these workers having coffee and donuts. <laughs> and they knew who you were? Well, they, yeah, of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's never going in there with your jersey and your name. Yeah, <laughs> Things you can't do with social media, right? Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Right, right. Well, so then we went, back practice. The, we went back to the ground and Les says we're gonna got we got to get back before the team do, and go in and make sure you you know splash some water in your face, make it look as though you're sweating. <laughs> it was brilliant. That's brilliant. Amazing. That's amazing. I bet you don't see those kind of stories anymore. Um, let me ask you this, Jimmy Trent Alexander Arnold. Is it time that he he did reinvent himself in a different position? Because you saw the good and the bad, right? And the bad's really bad in that first yeah. half in particular. He just cannot defend. He just I don't know if he has the the IQ, the, the defensive IQ to play that position. He gets burned so frequently, but then you see the brilliance in attack as well. What yeah. what would you do with Trent Alexander-Arnold if you're Jurgen Klopp? I don't know. You know, he, look, he still believes in him. He's still playing him, but you're right. Defensively, he makes too many mistakes. And for me, I just think it, watching him, he's just going through this spell where he just doesn't have the confidence and he's not reading the game the way that he, he should be. And I think the, the year that they won it, I thought it was brilliant defensively and, and going forward. But he just seems to be lacking his confidence now when he's defending. I think Klopp's trying to get him to play through it. You know, hey, Jimmy? Like yeah. He's, he's, yeah, I mean, he's showing him con- as his confidence in him by playing him, but he's hoping that he just gets through this. But it's been yeah. a long time. 
been a yeah, long I think time. it's it I think it's all upstairs for him right now. Because it's not that he can defend. He can defend. But he's just he's getting caught in awkward situations, getting beat way too easy. He's got the pace for sure. Yeah. He, he does, but I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a lot of talk in the broadcast um, post-match about could he play in the center of midfield? And he probably could, but then you, you lose the ability to swing those balls in out wide, right? And, and there's few yeah. better at it doing that. Yeah. But he can also play it through the middle as well. Or do you play do you you don't change formation, do you, for one player, I suppose? Because a three five no. two you think would work really well for him. But obviously Klopp's not gonna do that. Although he has done it, I think, in the past on occasion. But he's a four three three guy, obviously. You you wouldn't change formation for, for a player of that ability, would you? No, because I think you've got the quality already in there. Like, I don't think he's gonna go in there and make a difference. Right. So you just got to tap into that brain and find out, okay, where's the old Trent who could defend, even be an average defender, right? Because an average defender with the attacking prowess is, is you, you'd take that, wouldn't you, Craig, as a coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it would. It's a difficult one. They, they, usually what happens, though, it gets to a point where that's when you start looking around the market to try to see how to replace them. Mm-hmm. be honest with you, it's just the yeah. nature of the game. Well, he can't get into England's 11, can he? So Southgate doesn't rate him. No. You know, Look at Delhi Alley. What a fall from grace. Like, Did you see the headline today? I've got it here. I'm going to yeah. use it on, on the 442. Where is this headline? It's brilliant. Uh, bear with me. It's right. Here it is. Uh, Delhi Alley's hippie crack shame. Football star 26 is surrounded by laughing gas canisters with a balloon in his mouth as friends party with 215-pound tequila. Jamaican tonic wine and high strength chewing tobacco. <laughs> That's a headline. <laughs> oh, Delhi. Oh, the high strength chewing tobacco. He's doing Ooh. nothing illegal there. That's that's just life as a footballer, right? You're gonna get someone will put the taste picture, will post it, and then the media and our whole podcasts in Canada will jump all over this for their own benefit. It's yeah. bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> I saw I saw yeah, I saw a picture as well with him and, and it said uh this is a player that was once worth 120 million. Now he's worth like 10. Yeah. What happens? Yeah. It's just having, the, do you think it's just the, the desire? You know, he makes his money. He's, he's rich. Obviously we know that, but you got to also love the game. Haven't you? To, to yeah. motivate yourself at that point. It he seems, seems that he just can't do that. Yeah. It seems like he's kind of fallen out of love with the game. Doesn't it? I mean, you can't, how do you fall off that, that quick and that fast? It's, Drastic change because he used to be a dynamite player, for, oh, amazing to watch. Superb. Remember wow. the Amazon documentary with Spurs and Mourinho get, takes over, and the first training session, he calls out Ali and he's talking to his coaches, saying that guy, he he, he, he trains awfully. He's terrible at training. He's got to improve. And he brought Ali into his mm-hmm. office and spoke to him, said, "Listen, you can be whatever you want to be. You can be one of the greatest players in the world. I can make you that, but you got to commit." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. Didn't want that it. tells you all you need to know right there. Yeah, there's a lot of those players, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. attitudes. Uh, back to the City game. De Bruyne's 100th Premier League assist. Ooh. Only five players have ever reached that, that um, mark, and he is the quickest ever to get to that point. How many, I wonder, of those were at Chelsea? <laughs> Did he get any assists at Chelsea? <laughs> I doubt it. I don't Probably think so. not, right? Got to find out that, actually. 
But still, I mean, you know, we, I think we, isn't he one of those players that you just take for granted how, how brilliant he is? And he might have a lull for a few months, but he always finds it again and comes back. It's true. He did actually have a lull, didn't he? He had a few months, yeah. including the World Cup. He just kind of looked World really leg heavy. A lot of games, though, Jimmy. And like, everybody yeah. has a dip in form. You just have to when you're playing 12 months of the year. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. Everybody's going to go through that little, little dip. And it's how quick he can come out of it. You know, you, you, you knew he was going to come out of it at some point, but, you know, those little lulls that they have, it's, it's, I mean, even as managers, you try to get the players out of it as quick as possible. And it is a lot of games, the Premier League, Champions League. He had the World Cup. It's an awful lot. It takes a toll on you, that's for sure. You it's look ahead and it, it, it makes you tired looking ahead because you're like, oh, geez, we got, we're fighting this battle with Arsenal head-to-head. They've got the FA Cup still. they got the Champions League still. You really have to just really literally just take it one at a time, one day at a time. It just tires you out just thinking about it. That is interesting. Yeah. How, do you, how do you pace yourself as a footballer? You know, when a guy like him, who knows, I could, be playing, I could be playing 60 games this season. I can't, mm. I can't go full out every game, but you have to go full out every game. Else risk injury or I, I don't know how you balance that. By the way, one one assist for Chelsea. Yeah. One mm. assist, yeah, for Chelsea. They went to Wolfsburg, mm. back to City. And uh, the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, when you look at I mean, Jimmy as, as an outfield player before each season, I mean, how did you pace yourself? Or was it literally like like you said there, just one game at a time? You have to go full on each game or, or- yeah, you, you have to go all out, but then you have, you know, the, you've got your sports science crew and the physios. Uh, they work closely with uh, with the players, with the managers. Um, they'll read the analytics as well to see what your loads were, capacity running. And, and then they'll make a judgment. So a lot of times when you have all these games that are going on, you'll play the match and the rest is just recovery. You're not doing much on the training pitch at all. The guys that didn't didn't play, they'll be they'll be on the training pitch working to keep their their levels up but for the guys that are playing all the games now it's all about management yeah recovery yeah yeah doing the right things on your on your days off and yeah keeping yourself ready to go it's a, it's a it's a balancing act as well because if the manager is looking to do something a little bit differently in the next game you might do some shadow play where you put everybody in positions and you just kind of walk through what you're looking to do so yeah. physically it's not too demanding um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not easy. Um, and as you get older than that, that's why it's a young man's game with the pace of the game to be able to recover that quickly, to be able to go again. And, you know, just a couple of days, it's interesting in different sports too, because like the national basketball association, NBA, they, those guys literally don't practice. They're either traveling or playing. Mm-hmm. It's like, they play so many games, 82 game regular season, but they're, they squash those in. So they're playing every other night, just about. It's heavy. So they don't even train, which is difficult for bench guys as opposed to the Premier League. When you do have some days off where you can work those guys physically, it's hard to get the guys on the bench in the NBA to get some work and get some minutes because they're not getting many on the court. So when they do get their chance, it's very difficult for them if they ever do get that chance, you know. So Yeah. 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 That's why that's why preseason is so important. And that's why it's so hard those six, seven weeks that you have. Because they try to get your 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 fitness levels to where they should be, and then it's just maintaining them the whole whole way throughout the season. I saw a movie this weekend, Hustle. Have you seen that movie with Adam Sandler about um, the NBA scout? 
really yeah. good. Yeah, it was it's good. With the uh, the Raptors uh, player, yeah. right? He, he plays the the Spanish. He got let go, but yes. Oh, did he? You got let go, yeah? That's yeah, right. like about a month and a half ago, but yes. He, a uh, honcho or whatever, right? I thought it was yeah. a really great movie, though, and just seeing him in the, the skill of this guy, a guy that could not make the NBA. Tried. Not good enough. But the ability and skill he had, like, wow. Just how good those other guys are. Mm. You don't realize even the worst players in the NBA are freaking good. Yeah, freaks of nature, right? This guy's a seven-footer. Yeah, the way he moves. I mean, yeah, just uh, how could he not make the NBA? And well, he tried, but you know, I think one in eight seven footers in the U.S. are in the are played in the NBA or been in the NBA. One in eight. Yeah. Wow. And the other guys are probably those really awful skinny seven footers, right? Like just couldn't do anything. Just uh, you know, broken human beings because they yeah. they don't. They're really good sized. ceiling painters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Come on. Them. Help me paint my house. I'm really, really bad at doing hardwood floors. Yeah, that's right. I take all the popcorn, popcorn off the ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between the seven footers too is that a lot of them, the game finds them. They don't find the game. So they they get they get nabbed pretty quickly by a coach, for example. Yeah, but they may not be a love of the game. The game is bound. They find it. You're seven foot. Like you know, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> what else? What else are you gonna do? And you you've got a fair chance if they can you know, figure you out kind of like Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, he was always big. So he just, so the game basically found him in school and absolutely right. dominated the NBA power forward. You don't really see them in too many of those guys anymore. Wong or do you? No, but uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about too was yesterday in the NBA, uh, Rudy Gobert out of France and Kyle Anderson for the Minnesota Timberwolves got on a fist fight on the bench. And that made me think, was there any? I know Craig has a practice like that, but this was in a game. Have, did yeah. you guys ever have any experience with in-game punches your own teammates? Well, not you guys, but gesture. people around you. Well, the the most notable one was Kieran Dyer and who is he? Lee Boyer. Lee, Lee Boyer. Boyer at Newcastle in the middle of the pitch in the center circle, throwing punches at each other. Both got red cards. Yeah, and they were shocked by it. Referee yeah. and he's like, we're fighting each other. What's the problem? Yeah, yeah. that was that was over a girl apparently because uh, Alan was Shira it over was a girl? In, remember when Alan Shearer was was visiting Canada a few years ago now, and he he did like a, an evening with Alan Shearer, and um, Jerry was actually hosting that, and Jerry asked him about that, and he goes, yeah, there was some off the field thing, probably involving a girl or something, and uh, <laughs> that's what happened. That's amazing. That was crazy. I mean, that was one of the most surreal things I've ever seen in sports. Was this also the one where the two guys are fighting and the, the guy from the alt- opposite teams tried to break them up? Yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at it it's, it's on YouTube. It's just brilliant. I mean, they're going at it. <laughs> they're like swinging. Yeah. <laughs> me, and, me, and, me and David Prutton, we came close to that. On the pitch? Yeah. We were playing in Stoke. We both got booked. <laughs> <laughs> so explain okay background we happened? just started arguing and the game's going on then we kind of started walking towards each other and the game's going on and getting in each other's face and then the ref booked us both that's amazing <laughs> didn't we, we, <laughs> had, we had Pratt on the show didn't we didn't uh, we yeah did. why what didn't we ask about, about that did we ask him about that he told you about it did he yeah, yeah, we had a little Little tiff on the pitch one game. Okay, but how close? There wasn't there wasn't a swing. It was you guys were. No, it wasn't a swing, but it was, it was getting heated and a little shoving, and then the ref came over and 
the split is up. Oh, there was but, shoving. There was hands yeah. on hands on each other. Yeah, I'm good for you, remember. Jimmy. Good it's for a good you. thing this podcast is virtual most times, right? Because there would definitely be some pushing and shoving. <laughs> We're in person. Drink more Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> for force feeding, Ooh, Craig. What do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah. I'm actually surprised that doesn't happen more often because you spend so much time with each other and it's not like you even dislike each other necessarily. Like, as you got, you know, gone on well with Prutz, right? So, yeah, we were great friends, you know, but it was just a heat of the moment in the match. And yeah, well, I mean, listen, you guys know training sessions. I mean, there's always skirmishes, right? I mean, at any level of sport, I remember getting my head punched in once in a rugby session. Yeah. On on the ground, this guy was just feeding me. What? I didn't even know what I did. And it's like the last guy you think would like do that. And uh, was it Hopper? His name was Hopper. Yeah. He's a good, really good player. Big fucker. And I'm you on the ground. On I'm on rock. And he starts feeding my freaking head. Like, what, what, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> is that when your dad traded you after, right after that moment? <laughs> no, this is when I was a, a grown up. <laughs> <laughs> that was his dad's star player. What are you talking about? Yeah. For the other team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine, imagine the, I was thinking about this when my dad, like, imagine the pep talks before the match, you know, my dad to the, to my team to say, listen, don't worry, boys. I've put him on the other team. We're in, we're in good shape. And then when you have the chance, feed him a couple of fists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was an especially bad child yeah. this week. I need yeah. you to discipline him for me. Hey, yeah, there was almost a punch him. up, almost a punch up on the sidelines of Spurs Brighton this weekend with Stellini and Deserbi. They both got red carded. Uh, for going at each other. And even before the game started, they were apparently pointing. And there's some background there. I don't know what it is. But they both got sent off, the coaches, which is quite amusing. Spurs beat Brighton 2-1. Sonny, 100th Premier League goal. And what a goal it was, too. What a player, right? Eh? Just brilliant. And when you hear this guy talk, mm-hmm. he's so intelligent, right? And, and loves the game so much. I can really see this guy being a coach one day. Like pretty, I mean, listen, he's not done yet. He's got a number of years left as a player. But that as a guy, you know, some players you hear them talk and not many of them, but you think that guy, that guy, he'll be a manager one day. And mm-hmm. uh, some son's one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. that was a brilliant goal. Brian got, Brian got hosed a bit. I mean, I think the Referees Association have already agreed on the they apologize the penalty. Yep. It's just amazing. It always seems to happen to the smaller clubs. Yeah, it does, isn't it? A team like Brighton fighting for European football, like millions, tens of millions of dollars, pounds at stake. Uh, and Matoma gets fouled by Hoiberg and the VAR decide, no, it's, it's not worth even looking at. Like, what cameras are you looking at here? Yeah. It's crazy. And not the, not the first time it's happened mm-hmm. to them this season. Second time. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So they've, uh, they've admitted a mistake, but that doesn't help Brighton now, does it? No. <laughs> Okay. Oh, crazy. Uh, Villa won again. Uh, next game. <laughs> you, uh, Jimmy, what's going on? I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're in trouble, I think. In a moment. lot of trouble right now, right? Our next, our next match, we've got Man United, Liverpool, Brighton, and Brentford. Next four matches. Oh, my God. That's awful. And right now you're 18th. And we still have to play Chelsea and Arsenal. I think you're going down, Jimmy. Oh, don't Do you think the uh, owner is shitting his pants? He has laid out tens of millions and millions. And uh, yeah, 
if he ends up getting sunk down in the division below for a couple of years, they don't get back straight back up again. Ooh. Do you, at this point, do you make a change? I mean, you're desperate at this point. You're desperate. You have to get something. Is it time that Steve Cooper got, and it's not fair. He's done a good job, I think. But is it time that you, you brought someone in to hopefully get a bounce and get a few points? Because like I said there, Craig, yeah. this is desperate times now for this owner. I don't care who it is, though. Like anybody who gets in the Premier League, the strongest league in the world, I don't think you can doubt that at the moment overall. Um, you're trying to throw a team of pretty good players together and then with no history, you know, no previous games, and you're trying to build this around in the Premier League and trying to stay up is always going to be difficult for any manager. I don't care who you are. I think yeah. they would have been better off, Jimmy, sticking with most of the guys they had that got them promoted. You've got that heart. You've got that togetherness, the brotherhood situation. But they didn't, and they abandoned most of them. And you know, with this situation, good players that just don't make a good team. But they were yeah. low knees, right? So many of those players, the way the team True. was built, right? That's a problem. True. I'm sure they'd like to have. But the the mother clubs, so to speak, brought them back, right? But. Yeah. I mean, but do you, maybe it's dangerous building a club that way. I mean, look at the ownership, right? What if we win promotion with these guys? That's great, but we can't mm. retain them. I mean, dangerous. And at the same time, you've seen that model before. I mean, Norwich try to do it all the time. When they get promoted, they don't spend a ton of money. They stick with the same team. And they get relegated again. So it's a, it's a tough one. We're damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. But he's really, I mean, he's bought 26, 27 players. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> Richie Larea is one of them, for God's sake. Well, he actually came before. Uh, yeah, well, I guess he bought him, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, he wasn't one of the big price tags. But he's like third or fourth on the pecking order probably there, which I find very bizarre because, honestly, I don't know. I, I like Richie. I know we know him really well. And I'm not sure what keeps him out of that side. Maybe his, you know, when you look at him physically. But he makes up for that. He makes yeah, up for that does. with his – He's so hungry and his, you know exactly you're going to get from him 100% every single game. I think they should give him a chance. But I do as well. Well, his, his loan's up in June, I think. Mm-hmm. Be interesting, right? Too yeah. late for fucking – well, actually, you know what? If they get relegated, it might be, it might be a situation where it'd be better for him. If they, if they try to offload some of these players, which they will, yeah. um, and he came for – you know, he's one of the, I would imagine, one of the cheaper guys as far as what they paid for him and his salary goes, it might mm-hmm. benefit him as it, as it didn't benefit him when they got promoted. Remember, we were saying, like, this is great for Nottingham Forest, but I'm not sure it's great for Richie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll say this, though, that, that Forest job, I mean, out of all those teams struggling at the bottom and who might see, you know, managerial changes, some of them have already, that Forest job has got to be attractive, though. I mean, because if you do get it right, that's such a big club. Right, that that can be rebuilt into a Premier League, con- not contender, maybe straight away, obviously. But you mm. know, that's a big club, and if you get back in the Prem, so you go down this year, you get back in the Prem and do it right. Um, that's a pretty desirable job, I think. It really is, just with the history of that club. Yeah. Um, Leicester lose to Bournemouth. Let's talk about Dean Smith now coming in there. Apparently, the Jesse Marsh negotiations have fallen apart. So it won't be Jesse Marsh, but Dean Smith is now, as we record this right now, in advanced negotiations. So we'll see about that. Um, you mentioned Richie Larea, TFC draw Nashville nil-nil. It's just one loss in the season so far. Five draws. Yeah. Um, but only one win. <laughs> but only one win. Yeah. Uh, 
they, they, I think they might need to get Insignia back healthy again, Jimmy, don't you? Yeah, they need him. They definitely do. But he's got to come back too, and he's got to make a difference. He has to Looking make it better for $15 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. You know why? Because like all, all the talk about it, remember there was talks, oh, he's leaving, he's not happy, there's unrest in the dress room and – you know, but if he can, if they can get him performing the way, say, for instance, Giovenko did when he first came over, um, and if he can get his head right, and you'll win games, that's for sure, and that's what they need. They need that person that's going to make that little difference now. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, they're not losing games, no, right, and that that is important, and that seems so obvious. Mm. They're drawing games. They're not playing great. They can't finish their chances. There's no, they're not clinical. Yeah, up front. One is just nodding in appreciation yeah. of using that word again. Um, but overall, that's a, those they've had some decent those draws they picked up on the road. Yeah. One when Canada was playing, I think that was in San Jose. Yeah, these are good, those are good results. Those are nothing wrong with those. You just got to win your home games. Yeah, exactly. Montreal. Oh, there. Oh, oh boy. Oh, to New England. Amy calling some scouting in France. Yeah, I heard a commentator <laughs> say, "There's no easy games in MLS unless you're playing Montreal." Oof, yeah. Not a good line then, for Montreal. It, wor- it worried me that uh, it went Vancouver because I was like heavily favoring Vancouver over Portland. But I was like, "Well, maybe after this Montreal, now Montreal just got done another four. I mean, maybe they're not bad, and Vancouver's not all that good." But they end up getting the result against Portland, so Vancouver's turned the corner thanks to Montreal, yeah. and uh, Montreal is just in a hole at the moment. Oh, they're struggling big time. Well, they played six matches, conceded 16, have only scored three goals. And, and the game that they scored the three goals was Philadelphia, and they haven't scored in any other match. They are wow. struggling. They're, they remind me of the Washington Generals, the team that the Harlem Globetrotters used to have to play. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we should start um, getting Amy on this podcast rather than Fridays, don't you think? True. She'd have to defend. <laughs> She's over, over in France. Yeah. Gay Paris. Living the life of Riley. Mm-hmm. Who is Riley, by the way? That, that saying. Do you know JC? Yes. Oh. Riley Sanchez was uh, <clears throat> just a, a, a philanthropist and a cyclist, bicyclist, who used to travel around and give money and gifts to folks that he would meet uh around the world um he eventually was caught for uh smuggling of drugs and uh candies which he would put the drugs in and give to children so he was a children's candy drug peddler jc is so quick-witted i don't know if he's telling the truth there or not riley sanchez look it up (laughs) I'm gonna look it up right now. Life of I, Riley. I don't know. Yeah. They made a movie out of him. Charms, oh, you're not thinking Riley. for a second that's true, are you? No, I am. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> well, who else? Who is it then? Riley Sanchez. Li- okay. The life. He, he the, someone. I'm gonna give you the life of Riley. It's an American radio sitcom series of the 1940s that was adapted into a 1949 feature film, a television series, and a comic book. Starring so, uh, people you didn't Riley know. Riley Sanchez. Riley Sanchez. Yes. <laughs> <Not>. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> A life of... I've got to find this out because I'm so curious I, now. 
Yeah, I see that. <laughs> the people are Wesley Morgan and William Bendix, who I'd never heard about in my life. Well, they've been dead for 55 yeah, years. Sure. Okay, um, a life of luxury. Sheila found herself living the life of Riley after she won the lottery. The expression comes from a popular song of the 1880s. Uh. Is that Mr. Riley? In which the title character describes what he would do if he suddenly became wealthy. Fuck you, JC. <laughs> I well, can't if I became wealthy, I would write that, that story. I would write the real, true story of Riley candy. Sanchez. <laughs> I prefer your story. Candy the, 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 the candy man pusher. What does his van look like? Is it one of the teardrop ones with the Obviously. shag carpet? White paneled? Got to be white paneled. No, those are creepy. It was the other ones. With the... This guy's not creepy. He's selling drugs <laughs> to kids in candy. Yeah, but see, it's a real story. We're That's not, how we grew up in the about. 70s and right. 80s. Remember? There was I'm always sure it's some, a real story, but it's not with a 28 year old guy hanging out with 16 year olds selling yes. weed. <laughs> And it was normal. What a, once again, one of these normal things in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and your parents, yeah, just stay away from him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit odd. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Champions League this week. City against Bayern. Benfica against um, Inter. So we'll, we'll look forward to those on Tuesday. And uh, Wednesday, it's the other two games. <laughs> um, Chelsea against Real Madrid. Jeez, Chelsea. And, That's and so weird. Who's the other one? Uh, Napoli. Oh, yeah, Napoli into Milan. Yeah. <laughs> AC Milan, sorry. Napoli, oh. AC Milan. Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to get to before we say adieu? Oh, that was good French, though. Yeah, thank you. Don't know what it means, but so nothing. We're good. Yeah. Good I to say goodbye. Good. Farewell. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, we're back on uh, Wednesday and we'll uh, look back on the Champions League and whatever else picks our fancy. Please let us know your thoughts and give us comments and questions. Um, Wonger's mail sack is a little empty right now, we were talking about. So mm-hmm. if you guys want to help. Fill that sack up, please. Fill my sack up. It's uh, Testicular Cancer uh, Awareness Month. Just is for it? Craig. Yeah. Hey, it's Craig's month. Yeah. Nice. Craig's month. It is. Um, yeah. And remember... Ooh. Chase for the Prem League title only on Fubo TV. Subscribe at FuboTV.com slash footy prime. All right, keep on newspapers too. And uh, cheers for listening. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Nice. Good podcast. Solid. Solid. Solid as Craig's cock. I didn't even know it was a holiday today.